everyone, and welcome down to episode number 57 of the Down South Photo Show uh, with me, Brendan Waits, in Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia, and my the guy over on that screen over there, my very learned friend down mm. in Ta- Hobart, Tasmania. It's Cameron Blake. Give it up for Cam. Hello, Brendan. I was just about to say, give it up for myself. It's been it's been a bit of a rocky start to this episode, hasn't it? We're a bit late and we're a bit uh, all over the shop. And... Well, not that our viewers or listeners would know that. No, yes, no, this is we, a finely we, tuned we, operation. This is exactly. We're recording about half an hour to 40 minutes later than we normally do, but that's fine. It's all his fault, and yeah. I'm happy with that. That's fine. Yeah, sorry, I do apologise for being a bit late. Um, <laughs> had, had to... Um, do a few daddy duties and mum was out and mum was meant to be back and she got back just in time and then things weren't working. So because we like to do this where we don't really talk a lot about photography at the start of the show and then we get into it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took my dog for a walk just now. Um, it's daylight savings has kicked in so I can, you know, we can do the walk after work and that sort of stuff. And I'm, we've got a little lake down from my place. I've never seen bull ants build such a high nest. Now, this worries me for a couple of reasons. <laughs> One, I've never seen it before. And two, it normally means there's some rain on the way. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> like, I mean, on if, as if we haven't had enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really, it's, it was actually so bizarre that I took video footage of it on my phone. And, yeah. Um, yeah, the big, big talk, I mean, you know, we're not talking African savanna ant hills or outback yeah, yeah. australia ant hills but for little old ocean grove these are yeah they're building you're, and you're, mansions and, and you're by the ocean which is generally not the place that does flood i know so it's all very and i don't know these insects you've got to trust them they they have a sixth sense so they do well yeah again i think we should do a bit of a shout out to all the people that are struggling with uh rising waters around the country it's just endless isn't it we, so we've, then- we've finally copped it today we've had I was telling you off 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 air what's been going on in my house today, but yep. we have finally copped it down here where we have had weather come from a direction I've never had here before in twelve years, yep. and it's just it's 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 like Queensland. It's humid and hot and sticky, yep. and just one hundred percent humidity. So it's crazy. Yeah, so you were, you were probably were you getting nor'easters there? No. So right? if you think of the map of Tassie, you got Hobart yes. down the bottom and Launceston. Yes. We've got the, the east coast, whichever way we're looking. Yeah, the weather that that uh, low system that was moving down the coast has come all the way around, and then it's spun back into Hobart. Wow! So it's almost it's gone down the east coast of Tassie and then popped back up into Hobart with and all so, that moisture. With, with all it. the moisture, and we've just copped it all day. So no, I've been uh, yeah. Anyway, this is not a photography show, is it? We're going to talk about home maintenance and no, no. We'll, like it'll. Um, I reckon the topic will come back up towards the end of the show. So stay yeah, tuned for that. Mm. Uh, let's talk about our backgrounds, Cameron. Let's yes. start uh, with you. What? Where, where uh, are we so this is a last minute background that you told me I needed to swap because I was because still running late because I hadn't. Uh, this is just one of the beautiful forest. Actually, I think I can do it on this one. This is one of the beautiful forest walks that we uh, venture through on the Tarkine. So this is one of the Lake Chisholm, which is a lovely walk. It's actually a big sinkhole. Um, but yeah, we get you walk through these giant trees and big ferns, and it really does look like dinosaur land, but um, I like it. It's a really nice spot. And um, yeah, we go there each time. We go nice. to Tarkine. Nice. Um, to give me some perspective, how, how that, that tree that's over your shot, not the close one, the second one back looks massive. How, how, how wide one? would that, how wide? No, the other one. The other, the other way. <laughs> that one. <laughs> how far, how wide would that tree be? That looks uh, massive. I reckon that's a meter and a half. That okay. that that distance there is about a meter and a half. 
Oh, right. Yep. Okay. So it's pretty, they're pretty big and they're tall, yeah. tall and dead straight. Yeah. Um, I think there's some sort of swamp gum or something like that. They're not, they're not like a, they're old, but they're not like ancient, ancient, but they just grow quite big. Mm -hmm. And those ferns, th those ferns are also very unique because it's one of the only spots in the Tarkon you see these different type of ferns. So it's like a, you go from these sort of fish bone ferns and, and man ferns and things like that to this really ground coverage, different looking ferns. So Critical area uh, makes yeah, it very easy to take shots. Nice. So. Um, my background mm. is my backyard. Uh, really? So this is um, Barwon Heads. So you are looking due east there from the rock wall at Barwon Heads. Yep. And you've got the little channel markers. I was just going to ask what they were. Yeah. yeah, the channel markers that break up the horizon there, which I really like. They're actually a really cool subject to photograph. Mm. Uh, just straight up vertical lines intersecting the horizon, so they can yeah. they can really add a bit to your photo, break up the horizon a bit. Yeah. Um, and if you if you look beyond them, uh, just to the left of them, you can see just make out the township of Ocean Grove. So right. that's that's the that's where the Barwon River empties into the ocean, and right. it is murky at the moment. It's yeah. very. Uh, Brackish so where, where's water. The, where's the where's the Barwon? Where's the Barwon River come from? Is that at the back of Geelong? Or? Yep. So the Barwon River. Uh, I think the head of the Barwon River. I think, if I'm not mistaken, is sort of near the foothills of the Otways, yep. and it winds its way down, sort of uh, runs parallel with the coast, and then yep. uh, heads through downtown Geelong, literally right like intersect, like splits right through the middle of Geelong. So it's like the uh, Yarra, like the Yarra of Geelong. Yeah, for sure. And they have, um, <clears throat> they've had. It's going to keep coming up, but they've had heaps of problems with flooding. Yeah, uh, a couple of the golf courses there. One of them got completely not the golf, not the flooded. Golf mm, the Barwon Valley Golf Club got completely flooded. Yeah, and it had like three inches of silt across the entire golf course. <laughs> awesome. They they got it all off. They hosed it all down. They got it all off, and yeah. two days later, it happened again. Uh, that's all flooded. That's happening. It's like up in. Um... What's that place up in New South Wales? Lismore. Lismore. Hey, I was just thinking while you're explaining the Barwon Heads and all this kind of yes. stuff, for our international listeners and viewers, they have absolutely no freaking idea where, what, or when we're talking about. No, they no, don't. No. So <laughs> apologies. We're talking as if everyone's local and understands where we are. But, uh, yeah, for those guys yeah. listening outside Australia, um, so Geelong's just south of Melbourne, which is a big town, and I'm further south than that across a little bit of water in Tassie. So... Yeah, but I was, I was actually explaining it. I'm like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Thinking, so if you're looking at a map of Australia and you look in the southeast corner of that map where you yep. see Tasmania, the little island off the bottom of Australia, and you look just above that across the water, that's where I am. So yep. there's, you've got Melbourne, and just to the west of Melbourne is Geelong, and just to the south of Geelong is Ocean Grove. Yeah, there you that's go. Where that's where. So yeah, um, iPhone shot for me. What do you use? Uh, this is on my, it's, I've got another dilemma going on here, but uh, this is on my Fuji uh, GFX 100, yeah. nice. which I which I love. It's such a good camera, but I'm having a few shoulder issues and elbow issues getting older after cricket and playing so much sport where the weight of that camera really does restrict me a bit of how far I'll take it with me in, in, into the forest or hiking. So I'm sort of getting to another crossroads to whether or not I, I still keep it or, again, look at something else. I don't know. I've done this a couple of times and it's doing my nuts in and I, I don't know what to do. So maybe I might just keep it. Oh, it's going to be one of those things. You'll keep it and not use it. You'll sell yeah. it and wish you had it. Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. So 
Um, so that's yeah, but this is on the GFX. It does really beautiful greens, a bit like the Olympus cameras. They do really good greens and renditions of greens. Yeah, so. Fuji have always been good at their greens, haven't they? They have. Well, they make all the film, don't they? So they know what they're doing with profiles. So um, for for those of you playing along at home, I'm just going to put my background back up. Uh, that's that's, that's an iPhone. Then. That's that's an iPhone snap. Yeah. But using the long exposure filter that you just add. Uh, um, I know how to do that. Live show. That's crazy. That's mm. so good. And uh, I edited that in Snapseed. If you go back a couple of episodes, folks, you can listen to Brendan try and work me through how to do the long exposure on the iPhone, and yeah. I don't get it. But, no, um, but now you do. I think I do now. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a bit of fun. Um, yeah. I was actually wasn't intending on going out to take photos, but uh, I ended up taking quite a few that day. And mm. uh, as I was waiting for my uh, my wife, because we're a one car family at the moment, we're having car problems. So <laughs> I'm 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 uh, the taxi of the family at the moment. So I was waiting for my wife, and she was in an appointment, and uh, I had an hour to kill. So I went for a walk along the beautiful Barwon Heads mm. rock wall there, and uh, yeah. great spot. If you're in the area, come and say hello to me, and I'll show you how to get to these joints. Unless you're Mel, and you'll probably close up shop just as he's walking around the corner to come and say good day. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I teased Mel yesterday. I sent him a text to which he replied to, and to which I have not yet replied back to. Prick of a bloke, I tell you. I'm just. I don't get it. I just. You like the. You like the cock tease of the camera industry. You are. Stick with me, Mel. Stick with me, Mel. We'll get there. Don't worry about it, Mel. Game over. <laughs> um. And so, what have you been doing this week, Cam? Uh, I haven't been doing much apart from dodging the rain. Um, I'm just preparing myself for Sunday, which is what going to be two days after this comes out, where we hopefully, fingers crossed, fly out to the southwest of Tassie ah, yes. for yes. a three-day camp. But I'm assuming the weather looks like it's going to fine up a bit, uh, but you never know with those smaller planes where they'll go and won't go. Well, so I've yeah. uh, really just been chilling out. I've been getting my office down here, um, trying to get that all organised. It's all happening down here, studio office and... I've actually got my big computer and everything down here now, so that's feeling good. good. Uh, but yeah, um, that's about it for me for this week. What about you? You've been, you just been working, haven't you? Yeah, so the silly season has commenced. Um, it normally does around this time of year. We get to sort of uh, Melbourne Cup time. There's um, <laughs> not a local reference for you. Um, mm. Cup time and, and things start to start to kick off in earnest. So we've had um, yeah, loads of people coming in, getting photos printed, ordering canvas prints, which is fantastic. Uh, camera sales are starting to kick off again. I've warned everyone that they may not get a camera for Christmas. Uh, yeah. It yeah. is still a real problem. Supply chains are off the hook. I mean, people are waiting 12 months for vehicles. Uh, people are yeah. waiting six months for cameras. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I would, so, I would have thought that might have settled down by now, but absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I'm I'm quite surprised that supply mm. chain issues are still happening. I think there's a lot of different factors going on, but of course, as you know, with a camera. There's so many components. It just takes yeah. one factory that stops making yeah. a component because they can't get the raw material. Yeah. And bingo, the whole show grinds to a halt. So yeah, yeah. Uh, don't get me started on 35 mil film. Oh. Well, that's one of our topics tonight, 35 mil film in a way. If I had a dollar for every person I've turned away because I couldn't sell them a roll of film, right. it's crazy. That's film, very, very crazy. Film is back, baby. But before we get on that topic... Yes, we need we need to address the elephant in the room. I think <laughs> we need to discuss uh, last week's episode, episode fifty six. Which um, I don't know if I was clever, there'll be a card up here that directs you back to it. I tried that one other time and it didn't work. But anyway, we'll give it a go. There'll be a card just here that says episode fifty six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
go back and have a listen. So we we dissected, no, we didn't dissect, we berated anyone that chose to use back button autofocus. <laughs> yeah. And it's fair to say that uh, we got a mixed reaction, Cam? I, I, yeah, we, we had, it was one of our most popular episodes we've ever done. Which is great. All, Thank you all, for everyone for subscribing. Yeah, we passed look, 350 subscribers, by the way. Yeah. Awesome. That we, awesome that everyone <laughs> listened in and everyone got a bit of a bit chimed in a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was a mixed response, but it was good. It was really great interaction. I, I actually had a lot of fun reading the comments, and um, there was definitely there was definitely a team back button focusing, and then it was definitely a team of no back button focusing. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was actually the, the banter was quite funny as well. A lot of people uh, hanging shit on me and vice versa. But yeah, for some reason that really hit hit a chord, and I I've been scratching my head all week as to say why did that cause such a, a bit of a fuffle about talking about that um <laughs> and and i've still i still don't know that now why it actually happened but um it was good fun i'm hoping I, and it seems to me that people like it wasn't a controversial topic like we weren't saying that you know you shouldn't shoot medium format or you shouldn't shoot micro four thirds or there was, was nothing controversial about it it no. was just asking a question as to why do people use back button focusing that's right and and then you know for lack of a better phrase all, all hell broke loose and people are like, no, you've got to use back button focusing. You have to use it. I wouldn't change it any other way. But that's right. One thing. So I, I was just going to say one more thing. Yeah, you go. I was going to say one more thing because it's our show. We we can say whatever we like. But the one thing I did notice about a lot of people's responses, and they're all going to throw shit at the screen. I can tell you now, or they're going to unplug. But every time someone puts something up about why they use back button focusing, I I asked, okay, why? And a lot of the answers were because I do. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was quite interesting. There was a few people that went, you know, right in depth as to why they did. And yeah. there was definitely a bit of a theme that if you're shooting sports or portrait or fast action or something like that, that back button focusing is definitely a benefit for you, which we never disputed. We were just talking yeah. about landscape photography and um, not many people could convince me otherwise. Yeah. Well, um, the, here's, here's just a sample of some of the comments oh, that came through. You've done a sample uh, of them. It's... It, Okay, so um, I think you posed the. We just you know, why in the world would you use back button autofocus? I mean, I think we know. said what, why the wouldn't you? Use it? Well, true. Um, and we used the bleep sound. We did. Uh, this is Susie Board. Hi, Susie. You're a avid listener, um, watcher. It's a no for me purely because I hate getting my thumb knuckle in my right eyeball. That makes sense to me. I've, I was we've kind all, of the same. We've all been there. <laughs> Uh, Nick Attard, it is very helpful for panoramas or bracketed shots, whereby with successive frames, the focal plane may change, may be changed from one frame to the next, but if using the half press. Isn't that what the AFL button does? Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Um, Shane don't, Walker, I don't, always... Don't use... hang shit on, on guests, please. No, 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 no. But I think that's. I think <laughs> what you said before is right. It's because yeah. that's what they've been shown, and that's yeah. fine. That's that's the system you use. It's just hard as a landscape photographer to differentiate between the back button autofocus and using the half press. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. But there yeah. are there are subtle differences, and I'm starting to get the nuance about it. But yeah, uh, Shane Walker, I always use back button. I always use back focus button, back button focus for wildlife or fast moving images. Yeah but not for landscape. If I hold the back focus button in with my thumb whilst following a subject to keep it in focus and a finger on the trigger, just having the thumb on continuously makes better tracking, I guess. Okay. 
Yeah, I will take his word for it. I, mean, I don't know. Um, I, I don't shoot wildlife. I certainly, I, I've, I've had a crack before at, um, at shooting birds in flight. What yep. a nightmare. So if it helps with that, sweet. Well, it's funny you say that because the other day when we were up in the Tarkine, I had uh, the Olympus OM-1 or the OM-1, OM, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, with the 300 F4 lens on it that I've got uh, on loan. And there was a couple of seabirds flying around the shore there. And I put it on uh, AI tracking, uh, continuous autofocus and tracking together. So had it all ramped up to track birds and stuff like that. And I wasn't using back button focus because I don't. And I was just using the normal half cock shutter. And the shutter pressed halfway with the tracking, tracked the bird. That focused, yeah. like my finger didn't lift and yeah. it focused. It came yeah. closer, went away. It did all the focusing yeah. adjustments for me as it flew around. And I got hundreds, if not thousands, of shots of these birds flying around. I got a really cool little blue wren that I've never had before. before. So again, I, I I still don't understand why back button focusing would be any better for that when the tracking, if you have your finger half pressed on that shutter button, it's active. It's actively tracking yeah. what's going on. And I just, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. No, it's definitely a case of each their own, but we had a lot yeah. of fun taking the piss out of people who do it. So well, yeah, we do. And don't they, <laughs> don't, don't they like taking the piss out of us as well? Um yeah. our friends over at Sony, I believe, have developed a tracking system that's so intelligent. So let's say, for example, a bird was flying through the scene behind you. Yep. It will track that bird even though there's trees getting away. It'll oh, actually, okay. it's it's preemptive tracking. So it will actually realize that you want to track this bird. And if something yep. gets in the way, it's going to, and but you keep moving, it'll stay focused where the bird should be. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, got nothing to do with back button autofocus. It's just a cool autofocusing tracking so system. So obviously, it's... Uh, uh, what, what what's amazing is the algorithms or the maths that these things do. Like, so it's obviously yeah. tracked the bird and probably registered how fast it's moving or whatever site, whatever speed is going through the frame, and says, well, if it goes through the tree here, it'll go through the tree on the other side of the same yeah. thing. It's Let, pretty let's cool. Not, let's not try and break down the science. It's beyond me for how yeah. how it works, it's, but it's, it's beyond both of us put together. I think it's very cool, and um, a lot of the DJI drones will do that now as well with their um, because you can get a drone to track yourself so you could be riding your bike yes. for example and it'll track yeah. you and same deal if something crosses its path you go under a bridge or something like that it'll keep following you assuming that you're going to come out the other side which is yeah. pretty cool yeah i think there, there's some amazing tech i'll actually use my drone today on my guttering that i had an issue with to try and see what i could find was wrong with my guttering you did a little point. gutter inspection of you yeah at a point that i didn't want to risk my life getting up a ladder to look at in the pouring that, rain that's very cool so um, just just keep keeping going through a few of the comments about yeah, go for it. Yeah. Uh, who autofocuses for landscapes? Question mark, question mark. This is from Kay. Uh, as I only ever use manual focus for landscapes, as it's 99% on a tripod, uh, I have back button focus set up all the time for my birding shots. So there you go. I mean, we're starting to paint the picture here that for landscape, it, it seems to me that for landscape, yeah. it's relatively useless. Yeah. Um, but for certain conditions, and I reckon they're pretty specific, that's when back button well, focus. Well, the other, the other argument to that was as well that that I've, you know I predominantly do bird or sports or whatever action, so um, I have my back button focused on. There's no point in me changing back to yep. the other way to do it yep. when I do landscape, which I get that as well. If you've got your camera set up for ninety nine percent of time doing everything but landscape, then you're not going to change your whole camera setup to go yep. do some landscape shots. I get that. Yep. Yeah, but um, we have to uh, we have to stick to our guns here because otherwise, what was mm. the point of that T-shirt you're wearing? Yes, look at that. Isn't that <laughs> <a great> t-shirt? <laughs> uh, I, just, I just rocked up in the mail today. I don't know. Where amazing. Oh, cool. Someone someone 
Mate, yeah. that and send it to you. That's incredible. fantastic. Yeah, so Brilliant. they're on Brilliant. sale, forty five dollars each plus postage. I love it. Beautiful. Uh, I've actually been looking through Facebook tonight. I put a photo up today, and there's there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people <laughs> inquiring about how to get one of these t shirts. So, yeah, that's right. There you go. Um, See, but you yeah, might be onto something. I might be onto something. I've got. I've actually got another one made up. I get bored real easy. In case you yeah. noticed, yeah. But I got another. I got another T-shirt which I might keep for another episode. Yeah. Which is bored cool. with disposable income is dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've got much disposable income. I'm wasting a lot of money on shit I don't need, <laughs> like shitty T-shirts. But no, yeah, I like your T-shirt. Good. I think that's actually pretty cool. Would you like one? Uh, no. You can wear it in the shop. That'd get people really happy. I'll wear it on the overland track. Oh no, it'd be it's probably not made out of material that'll probably not. Good for, you can no, use it. Yeah. You could use that as your camp shirt. Yeah, great idea. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So w- you mentioned before that you wanted to talk a little bit about film. Um, yes, I did. Yeah. Very interesting. Cool. What's what what uh, uh, one of the I don't know most prestigious brands would you say? I think they they've got to be up there with if not the most expensive, at least the most prestigious. It's prestigious, funny, isn't it? Okay, Be- before so. we do talk about what you want to talk about it's funny that little red circle on the camera with the silver writing in it um yeah i don't know photographers sort of go weak at the knees when they see you know that yeah. little brand and it's a, it's a very cool brand but it is a brand right and it and, is they, a brand. and it has been particularly with their marriage with panasonic to yeah. basically not so much exactly, but to produce the Lumix brand, uh, which yeah. was a which was a, a marriage between Leica and Panasonic, because Panasonic wanted to start making digital cameras. Yeah, and everyone went, "Well, what the hell do you know about optics?" And they went, "Nothing." But Leica know a shit ton about yeah. <laughs> optics, yeah. Yeah. And, and Leica went, and, and "We want to make digital little. cameras." And, yeah. and then they said, "Well, yeah. what do you know about electronics?" They said, "Nothing." But Panasonic, <laughs> so it was a marriage made in heaven, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. Like, look, I've I've got. A Leica, um, and I've had some of the digital ones I've had. I'm, like I said, I'm a bit of a camera whore, and straight off the bat, they're they're, they're not worth the money you pay from. Like they're they're bloody expensive. Like they're the Rolls Royce of, of cameras, and, and as you know, Rolls Royces aren't the best cars in the world. But um, right. but what they, they do have, bring they along the brand is nailed. They have the brand nailed. Their lenses are, are very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, all their cameras are handmade and hand assembled, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and they're just simple. The one thing I like about my Leica is that it does technically just slow you right down. When it's like it's not a sports camera, it's not a bird life camera, but for landscapes or street photography, it really just sort of slows you down and makes you think about the moments a bit more, which I do like. Yeah. But yes, this week um, Leica have announced that they're re re releasing. I guess that's what it is. Reimagining, uh, reimagining the old <laughs> M6 film camera. So the M6 is from the early '80s. Uh, they were one of the most iconic film rangefinders you could buy, and they've just started making them again. They're coming off the factory line. They'll be getting assembled by people on the factory line, and it's a 35 mil film rangefinder camera. Like, are we going back to the future? It's or- pretty amazing. Um, so just just to for those playing along at home, the Leica M6. So. You'll the, clearly you'll put a photo up on the screen of it. Sure, there it is. There's one on. Um, why do you make my editing task so hard every week? <laughs> Stop it. Because it's funny watching you stress <laughs> out. Do it. Uh, there goes another 15 minutes. I'm not going to get back. Um, yeah, there's awesome. your stupid camera on the screen. Um, <laughs> so this, this, well, this very one that's on the screen here. I've just plucked this image off eBay. Uh, Leica M6, uh, body only, mint condition, in original box. Six thousand seven hundred dollars. Yes. 
So that's what we're that's the kind of coin we're talking about. So let's face it, a 35 mil rangefinder. Yep. So well, well the, the funny thing is is the one that is being released, the new one that's being released, mm-hmm. is going to be about eight and a half thousand. Well, there you go. So eight so and this, a half this one's a positive bargain. Yeah. So this is the other thing. Like you can you can technically um you, you can technically spy one second hand still, which is yes. not a problem, but um there is a few little differences, but you can buy one second hand <clears throat> for about five or six grand. Yeah. Or you can buy a brand new one, which is practically the same camera, um, for eight and a half grand. But there is a few differences. So there's a different um different viewfinder on it, which apparently they used to have a lot of trouble with flare. They've fixed some battery issues. I think they've also got something different with the light meter. So there's a few new technology things put into this old camera. Yeah. Um, I think it's super cool. And it is very cool, and that's why it's gonna sell. And yeah. I think I think you'll actually find there'll be a few uh, camera enthusiasts, camera collectors getting on board purely for its appreciation value because I'm going to imagine they're not going to be making many of them. They're not going to be making many of them. And I can tell you right now, this is, I don't think Lisa's listening. Yeah. But I spoke to our friend at DigiDirect the other day and I'm like, <laughs> put one aside for me. Whether or not whether or not I can bloody afford one, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if I can find a way, I might take one off your hands because for exactly that reason i think if you can get one mm. um and if the, i think they're only going to make you know, a few thousand of them maybe um but if you can get one and keep it in good condition then 10 20 years time hand it down to your kids they might be sitting on a small fortune of yeah. camera gear so yeah. so um over the last 10 years of running camera and photo um of accumulated film cameras yeah. um what I'm going to try and do over the next few weeks is get them all out and I'm going to put them on this table behind me. I'm going to take a photo of them. Okay. <laughs> um, I've got boxes hidden all through my house, all yep. through my shop with just film cameras. They're all yep. just sitting there. Um, some of which probably don't work, but some of which are so cool to look at. There's no way I can throw them away. They're just, yep. they're, they're probably worth nothing, but they're, they just, there's something about them, isn't there? Again, we've had we've had this chat multiple times on this show. It's just the cocking of the shutter and bang, away you go. Yeah. Um, but I, should, I think should it's, I should I go on? Have you got it there? I've got of course. It's yeah. on. It's never far away from. There me. you go. Ready? Yeah. There we go. Oh yeah. No, I didn't hear it. You didn't hear it? <laughs> no. Oh, maybe I didn't. Didn't well. I didn't do it through this speaker. I did it through the one that I'm actually oh, recording right. on. So okay, I'm sure it's, that sounds awesome. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to dub in a sound now. <laughs> Hang on, now, now try to hang on. Can you hear that? No, can't hear it. What's going on? I don't know. You can hear my voice, but not my camera. Yeah, that makes Oh, um, I've got the silencer on. No, you haven't. Maybe, you should, oh, you know what you should do? You need to use back button winding. Um, yeah, this, I, this camera is definitely bereft of a back button autofocus yeah. button. Well, that's <laughs> or funny. any autofocus button for that matter. <laughs> it, it is funny you say that because when you're talking film cameras, there was no autofocus in a lot of them in the early ones. So it was just half press focus with your hand and away you go. So yep. look at that. That's a beautiful specimen. I can see my well, face in the lens. That's why I'm doing that. Oh, very clever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's awesome that they've brought back this M6. It's a classic camera. Um, now what the question is, are these other brands going to, you know, is the Nikon going to bring back the FM3? Is Olympus going to do an OM1 old film camera again? Yeah. Um, you know, the, are the other brands, is the Canon going to do an A1 or whatever they used to do, AE1 or whatever it was? But um, I let think me, it's, yeah. Let me tell you a story. So um, only about three weeks ago, 
just before I went to New Zealand, I had the I had a Fuji rep in my store, and uh, I it was Jeff, and uh, you may or may not know Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Clearly, an avid listener to the show. Everyone is the whole. Australia and is. I said to Jeff, um, I hope I'm not speaking out of school here. Now, nah, sure, that's fine. Uh, film, mate, what's the deal? Like, yeah. what's going on with Fuji and film? Now, the feedback I got from Jeff, this is a Fuji rep, was that they are incredibly reluctant to keep producing 35 mil film, even though it's more popular than ever and people not than ever it's not more popular than 1986 but it's 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 very very popular popular, yeah yeah um and he said the main reason they don't want to do it is because they don't want to make another film developer another film processor yeah um because they are incredibly expensive to make and incredibly expensive to maintain yeah. Um, and he said they're having problems left, right, and center with just no one can get parts for film processing machines, developers, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it's a complex process to, if you've ever had a look inside, a, let's just choose the Fuji one, the, the Fuji um, automatic processor or developer, <clears throat> mate, you, you've got to see it to believe it. There are cogs and wheels and dunk trays and, yeah. and, and chemicals and, you pull silver out of these damn things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actual yeah. silver. Yeah. I mean, they can't be good for the environment for one. No. Um, and, and the whole film, this is the irony of it. The whole film process is terrible for the environment. It really yeah. is. It's it's yeah. not good. The chemistry that they use is bad. Yeah. Um, the plastics yeah. that are involved in uh, the the keeping of the film, the actual film substrate that the film was put yeah, on yeah, is a yeah. plastic now. It's a gelatin, um, isn't it, or something like that? Uh, it it's changed now it's it's yeah. a there's a whole there's a brilliant um i don't know if you've ever seen the channel smarter every day um i'll put a link in the description doesn't sound um, like something i'd watch <laughs> it's this guy is amazing um yeah. destiny's name is and he runs this thing he's uh i want to say in the south of america and uh yeah. he takes you to the kodak um factory all right yep amazing like yeah. it go and it's it's broken down into like three parts and each part is an hour long but you can't stop watching it it's fascinating yeah. how they yeah. make film yeah. but the whole time i'm watching it going that's awful for the environment yeah. look at what the crap that's given off why is that guy wearing a full body suit yeah. <laughs> why is he in a has hazmat hazmat yeah, body right. suit well, this <laughs> is a, this is a thing though like like it's yeah you're right like it's all good for Leica to bring back a, an old film camera which people are going to buy and then, you know, it's maybe going to prompt other companies to see what they can do. But yeah, if if developing film, which like you said, it is a terrible sort of environmental process to do. Why are they doing that? Is it just to make it, like you said, is it to get the nostalgia nostalgia out of people? It's it's the reason why they do anything. Make money. money, The money, honey. That's it's just what it's always been about. And which is sad, but true. It's a fact. I mean, film photography is more popular than ever, particular, particularly with, What's what do they call them? Gen Z or whatever. Um, our kids basically can. What are they? Yeah. I don't know. Annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Gen- generation <laughs> annoying. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's right. You know, it's all the you know the younger you know group of people that are looking to buy film and develop film, which I think is great. I think like the idea, the romance of it all, I think is wonderful. But you know, like you said, it's twenty bucks a roll of film. It's another twenty, thirty bucks to process it. You know, all that kind of stuff. Like it's not a. It's you know, it's made for people that can afford Leica to shoot film. Mm. Uh, but I, I just thought it was a really like I saw it pop up in my email. It must be subscribed to their their newsletter list, and I went, bloody hell, they're bringing back an M six. Like that's that is that is 
technically like bringing back the OM1 or the FM2 or 3 or, you know, it's all those classic cameras. It's like bringing that back from nowhere or the K1000. That's what it's like. So, like, uh, we're getting to a point where we're starting to go back. Has digital gone as far as it can, so to speak, where they're thinking, right, well, maybe we need to look at going back and, and trying to hit this film market again and trying to get a bit of extra oh. avenues that way or I don't know. Yeah, there's probably a little bit in that. I think also um, the fact that uh, mobile phone photography has gone through the roof as well. Yeah. So these camera manufacturers have lost the edge that they had, which is that, hey, this was our market segment and it was yeah. unique to camera manufacturers. But yeah. now, of course, Apple is probably the biggest camera manufacturer in the world mm. now and Samsung aren't far behind. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So they need to have a, a fresh point of difference. Well, Sony ain't about to release a film camera. I'll give you the ticket. But no, guys, no. as you say, guys like Leica, Canon, Nikon, Pentax, yeah. you know, they're, they're probably looking at it very closely. But they're going to have to get these, like Fuji, Kodak, and Agfa are going to have to get back on board. Yeah. All three of those companies, as far as I'm aware, are nowhere near... Uh, in the same setup that they were when they were making film 20 years ago. Yeah, so Kodak, right. Kodak got yeah. sold off. They went into liquidation and got sold off. Yeah. Fuji may may still be, but they're like Fuji Xerox and they became this sort of conglomeration big, yeah, of different right. companies. Big family of companies, that's right. Yeah. Agfa got wiped off the map. Um, but but isn't there a bit of a comeback in name only? So Isn't there a few people now making like their own film? Wasn't there a few sort of yeah. small boutique right. sort of companies making their own film? Yeah, um, that, there are. Um, I don't know how. I mean, when you see yeah. this this documentary about Kodak and the, and the sheer infrastructure they've got to yeah. produce a roll of film, uh, yeah. I've got no idea how a backyarder is is going yeah, to make a roll of film. Yeah, yeah. that's weird. It's yeah, weird. I, it just it just seemed like a really interesting announcement. And like I said, I spoke to Mark at DigiDirect, and I said, "Hey, they're not released yet. I'm jumping the gun, but can you just hold one for me for the moment and see if I can." pull a rabbit out of my hat so keep stay tuned i might have one in my possession i can show you one day and yeah it'll be i'll, be, I'll have like the cotton gloves on and all don't show all. us no 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 leave it in its box never no, take yeah, it leave out it. don't take it out um so yeah but i was just didn't i just think it's it's cool and it actually straight away as soon as i saw that i went oh right i need to go out and shoot some film because yeah. clearly that's what the cool kids are doing i've got to go out and do that and yeah you know a you're not cool b you're not a kid so let it go ken I am ready to go. I'm having a seniors. <laughs> I'm having a seniors moment today. So, anyway, For sure. So yeah, watch watch this space. Um, yeah, we we were going to talk a bit about another topic, but we're going to leave that because that's yeah, it's that, another W two E F moment. I think it could be another can of worms. So stay tuned for episode fifty eight for if that. you if you want to if you want to see us open more cans of worms on this show because well, yeah. I can tell you now I, I know you you are like you are Brendan but. I'm happy to stir shit on every 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 episode we do and open up a can of worms about something in the photography world because yeah. there is a lot of cans and there's a hell of a lot of worms that need to be opening. <laughs> uh, I was I was going to almost raise another topic today. I saw these photos pop up. I don't know if it was Tasmania or somewhere. It was around like a, a tourism kind of thing, and every single shot had a person standing in a red jacket in a forest <laughs> under again. a waterfall on a cliff, down a <laughs> river on a boat on a pier like. For Christ's sake, why are we still doing this? But that's another topic. That's right. Humanizing the images, Cam, that's why. So anyway, that's, that's, again, a topic for another another time. I think I'm getting old. And um, no, look, you know, I've known you for a long time and and you don't mind a bit of controversy. It's it's good. (laughs) I like it. And and the Down South Photo Show does not stray. Is not is not afraid of a little controversy. No, not at all. 
Hey, I tell you what, last week your beat was really good. Yes, I, I actually think that's what maybe made the show last week. It was not it was the, the the beep itself. Yeah. It was very good. It was well edited. Yeah, people who didn't um, listen all the way are now going back to find the beep. Yeah, and and you know what? Um, speaking of last week, I keep we keep harping on about it, but we had a lot of fun with it. Um, I sent you a message like so the Apple Podcasts. Um, we oh, were this. The, this is big news. This is big news, yeah. We, what, what, we just buried in the show somewhere. Yeah, we buried the lead. What happened here? <laughs> Someone will find eventually. But we were the most listened to photography podcast in Australia for last week's episode, which I think yeah. is hilarious. Um, it's been a lifelong goal of mine. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. seems funny, though, that we have to stir shit up to get uh, up the charts a bit. So yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool, actually. It is uh, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. and, and and the only show that was above us, which was an American show that obviously rates pretty high in Australia, was Frono's Photo, which he's been around for years. Um, and if you said to me, if you rang me up five years ago and said, hey, Cam, I reckon in five years' time we'll have a podcast that's going to be the most listened to photography podcast in Australia, yeah. I would have said, go have another drink. Go have a rest, <laughs> sit down, you're having a moment. Yes, um, yes. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, that you know, and that's cool. purely based on yeah. the people listening. In your face, Jared Pollan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we should get him on the show. We keep promising to get people on there as well. Uh, we are due for to have another um, guest on the show. Uh, we're also yeah. due for another live show, but that's going to come towards the end of the year. Yes, it so is. So, keep, keep, uh, keep uh, listening and keep a lookout for that. It's time for tip of the week. Um, so, a jingle. No, we don't. It, it may be next year we'll have a jingle. Did, did, we'll have a jingle, we'll have a website. Well, you know what I did accidentally what I did this week? I <laughs> started a website accidentally. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I, I don't know how I did. I, was, I got an email from Wix, you know, the email. Yeah, yeah. The, yes. I'm like, I, yes. Wonder how, I wonder how easy these things are. I'm like, oh, hang on, maybe we'll just do a down south, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you made and, ne- and next minute I'm like, oh, shit, I've, I've sort of semi-made a website. <laughs> Great. It's not, it's not live. It's not finished. One of our goals should be... Uh, to start this episode of of the Down South Photo Show, I'd say this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> oh, I don't. I, I would. I don't think I'd want to do that. No. Well, we need sponsors. This this is another topic. No oh, okay. Am- ambassadors and and sponsors and things like that. They annoy you a wee bit. Anyway, that's another. So, uh, tip of the week. <laughs> so, um, I w- it's very simple. It's a simple tip, and it is watch your cropping of your photos so Mm, everyone likes to edit their photos which is great we recommend you do using lightroom using photoshop using whatever your snapseed using your definition of uh photo editing tool what people like to do is crop their photos which i get it can make or break a photo the right cropping we all know this yeah however uh in the particularly in the shop and over the last couple of weeks i've had a lot of issues with people coming in with images that are cropped to some custom ratio Oh, you're talking about that kind of cropping. Okay. Yeah. Yep. When you're cropping your photo. Uh, yep. So, for example, um, a lady came in today and she had some panoramic photos, which is great. We love a panorama. Yep. Unfortunately, Did she use back though, button focusing all the way through? More than likely. No, she used a uh, iPhone, but that's not important right now. Um, <laughs> she, she, had, she had done these long, skinny photos, and it was actually quite difficult to explain to her that it's really hard to get a frame for these photos mm. because you have to go to a custom framer for these. And she wasn't prepared to spend money on custom framing. They were nice holiday snaps. She was in uh, Death Valley or somewhere like that in the States. Like yeah. One of those places. There was canyons and Monument Valley. Monument oh, Valley. Yep. yep. Monument Valley. And uh, yeah, great photos. 
But um, she said, well, I just want to put it in this frame and then try to explain to her that, well, if you do that, you're going to lose your panorama. It's going yeah. to be a rectangle again. Yeah. Uh, so when you're cropping photos, if you are intending to print them and frame them and you don't want to go to the expense of having them custom framed, yeah. then use standard <clears throat> crop ratios. Three to two is the most common crop ratio. Three to two, six by four. So it's the same ratio yep. as a six by four as a three to two, which then means six by nine, eight by 12, 10 by 15, etc. So they're all standard crop ratios. Um, squares are still popular-ish thanks to Instagram. Instagram, remember when Instagram, all you could post was a square? That's changed yeah, now, yeah. but it used to be that's all you could post. Yeah. Instagram made squares popular. And yeah, we stock a few square frames, but um again you're cropping a lot of your photos so if you take this photo behind me or the photo behind cam make that a square you lose the big trees half of the big trees on either side so yeah, it's funny you say because um, i did try to crop that square and i went no it doesn't yeah. work yeah so just be conscious when you're cropping your photos oh. if you're planning on printing i thought you were going down the tip of the week with what you're cropping as to saying watch how you shoot and what you're cropping out of your uh, shot when you're shooting which i think is another good tip we can do a double tip again because one thing I always do, and I think it's a really good tip for others, is that when I take a shot, if I'm looking at it, comp the composition on the back of my screen, instead of looking at what's going on in the middle of the shot, I always scan around the outside of my frame to see that I'm not cropping a tree out or that I'm not leaving a tree that can be cropped out or you know there might be something down the bottom of the frame that's a bit of rock that's interesting that I'm cropping out too high or too low. So I actually, as, as a matter of every shot I look at, I, I scan the outside of my frame and I try and give things a bit of space. So you can see these trees have got a bit of space here to breathe. And the fern down here has got a bit of space. I've left the yellow one down here and things like that. So that's a really good tip, I think, is when you're taking shots, you know, when you've got everything set up for your composition, you know, your rule of thirds and all that jazz. Um, also, just take that two seconds just to scan around your outside, around the border of your frame and just say, oh, look, there's a really shitty looking tree protruding in there. Or there's a rock that I've cut off that I could probably bring in, which might bring some interest. So... That's my extra tip for it. Just um, just watch your edges. I like it. Um, I've developed a technique over the time, and I'm I'm not Robinson Crusoe here. I know a lot of people do it, and that is I don't close an eye when I look through the viewfinder. So I shoot with both eyes open. Okay. Yeah. So I'll look I'll look like this. I don't know. Yeah. So I've got both eyes open, and what it does it allows me to see outside the frame. Yeah. So I can actually see the peripheral. So yeah. Um. And the, the reason I started doing it initially was because so you, I was getting... focus with it. Do you use your left eye? Yes. I know. I know. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Um, so I, I look yeah. through a camera with that my left weird. eye. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, for, I didn't think it was weird. And then someone else pointed <laughs> out to me. They're like, yeah. why are you doing that? And and I'm left eye dominant, even though I'm right-handed. I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah. Okay. But as it, turn, as it turns out, it's actually really helped with eye strain. So if I've constantly got this eye shut and I'm doing this, yes. I find it, I get eye strain pretty quickly. Yeah. Because just the muscles around your eye constantly contracting to keep them shut. So I just yeah. left it open. Yeah. And, 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 and I can basically look down. I can actually look with both eyes. So I turn really side on and yes. look down like that. So yeah. that makes a great visual for those listening in the podcast. Sorry. Yeah. You know, you know who taught me that as well. I don't, I don't 
do that all the time, but I find after my eye gets a bit sore, and especially if you're doing weddings and stuff, where you're always shooting. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Adam Moore, who we used to work with at Camera House, he oh, he, he taught me that one. He goes, just keep that other eye open, and it does. It helps you, especially with the rangefinder. It actually helps you line all your your focusing up, which is like what he may me very up. well be who taught me that as well. Um, yeah, possibly because back in the day, because I do remember now that you mention it, when he was demoing cameras to customers, he'd have both eyes open. Yeah. So yeah. and just sort of turn side on and look down with with both eyes. Try it. Try see it. how you go. And see, um, yeah, and it d- definitely helps with your eye strain as well. Yeah, it does. We don't have a deer cam this week, so if you have a deer cam for us, please send it in. Uh, that is basically a question that you might want us to answer on the show in our style. Um, you may have already googled the answer. You might think you know the answer, but you haven't had Cam's answer on it yet so <laughs> well usually it starts with that word up here <laughs> <laughs> so uh by all means if you've got a deer cam we'd like to hear uh we used mm. to have a segment on the show called uh, photography horror stories as well we haven't had one of them for a while so i think last episode was a pretty much a horror story with, the whole uh, episode was a horror story that's right i, w- I wonder how many so we, we had about 200 people listen to or watch that episode on youtube i wonder how many people so far gonna, so far i wonder how many people are going to go back and re- listen to it who haven't listened to it uh, all the new subscribers who have come on board who have thought, you know, that last episode was awesome. Sorry to disappoint yeah. you this one, but, you yeah. know, maybe they'll go back and listen to another, <laughs> another few ones. But oh, we're, we're always interested in the feedback and we're always interested in um, in suggestions and stuff like that for what you might want us to talk about. Yeah. So, um, uh, never a dull moment on the Down South Photo Show. It's not. It isn't really. Um, right. And like I said, it's, it's good that people are resonating with the show and mm-hmm. going with it. So... Uh, but yeah, no deer cam. So if you've got a deer cam, send it through and send me a curveball. Um, no, no idea how long this episode has been going for. Have you got more of an idea than I have? I do about 46 minutes, which Lovely. is about right. That's yeah. pretty normally where things end up. Yeah. Um, Cameron, we have a week ahead of us. Um, I'm assuming hey, did, did you, you do, won't... did you go, if you have, did you do that? I did that already. Did you? I'm still you just leave the hosting of the show to me. Okay. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry. As you were. Um, uh, what have you got coming up this week? Let's what have I got coming up? Uh, I yeah, as I said on Sunday, which should be a couple of days after this goes out, uh, I'll be flying down a little plane into a place called Malaluka, which is in. If you want to get your Google Maps out, folks, it's in the southwest corner of Don't Tasmania. Put a map on the screen. I'm <laughs> no, not no, putting a map no, on the no, screen. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about an interactive map where the plane flies <laughs> and shows you? <laughs> Um, no, I won't make you do a map. Um, Thank you. But if, you, if everyone gets their Google map out, uh, you'll see in the southwest corner of Tassie, there's a tiny little airstrip at a place called Malaluka, which is just on the on the shores of the Bathurst Harbour, um, completely off the grid. Uh, there's nothing really down there. A little camp. We get these little beautiful glamping tents uh, in a forest, in a tea tree forest down there. And we spend, what is it, two nights, three days. Um, we get a beautiful flight down and then uh, we get a boat pilot uh, to drive us around every day and take some beautiful shots. And then we fly back on Melbourne Cup Day. Actually, I'm going to miss Melbourne Cup. I'll be in the middle of nowhere for that. So you're not you're not missing much. Um, no. See, he's got quite the life, folks, hasn't he? Hey, off he goes, just goes and takes photos. And yeah, it's a good life. it's a good it's a good little trip, this one, because it's only a three dayer. So it's not a whole week away and it's not uh going too far like we take off from hobart and leave in hobart but if anyone's listening and who's ever on the mainland or wherever you might be listening from uh you can do a long weekend one of this one um come down i'll do i'm doing one in march and i'll do one again later next year but it's a long weekend fly down on a saturday go back on the tuesday whatever it is um it's a really really cool trip and 
it's one of those trips that's quite relaxing as well. There's not too much stress involved. There's not much walking. There's everything's done for us. Um, you know, they've got a beautiful mess, mess tent. They walk in, they go, okay, food will be here. Grog's over there. Um, help yourself. And right. it's like, okay. I'd go on that, but not a lot of photography would happen. You'd think that. But as we go out in the day, we get in the boats and... Um, well, Bath- fun fact about Bathurst Harbour, and I know, Bathurst Harbour, did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like Bathurst, the racetrack. Um, crayfish Central, Bathurst Harbour. Is it? Oh, my goodness. It's one of the most prolific crayfish grounds on the planet. I know they do a lot of crayfishing out that way, yeah. They so do. Right. So you, you, if you look out off Bathurst Harbour, you'll see the, well, it's a, when it's the season, which the season goes for like two weeks. It's yeah, right. very, very short. Yeah. Um, when you're there at the right time of year, you'll see all the all the the boys, the bright orange boys floating off, which are all the, yeah, and right. it's amazing that they've cut the season so short. It's great that they've cut the season so short because, of course, the joint was getting cleared out. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's awesome. Well, this um, is um, brilliant. I'll put a I'll put a little thing on the background. That's, hey. There you go. Look, I'll, I'll show you that. That's as you fly into Bathurst Harbour. Well, that just looks stunning. Yeah, that's out. That's on the plane. So you get that shot. So you get all the aerial shots on the way in and on the way out. Um, it's a great little trip. But um, right. I think that needs to go on my bucket list. Forget yeah. forget the listeners. It's I'm in. um so yeah that's what i'm doing um i guess you're you look like you're trying to get somewhere are you trying yeah so so i said would return to this subject um that uh i am trying to get myself on this coming weekend so this goes out on friday so the next day on the saturday yeah trying to get myself back to my old stomping ground of swan hill up on the mighty and emphasis mighty murray river at the moment yes Uh, the murray is in flood and um there's a little bit of concern around Swan Hill um, as to whether there might be some flooding. There'll definitely be that. some farmland flooding and stuff like that, but that's yeah. that's par for the course. Um, there's a place where it's called Pentel Island, where the Murray uh, and the Little Murray sort of wraps around the south of it. I, I know where that is. Yep. Yep. Pentel Island uh, also happens to be where I got married. Um, beautiful part of the world, and it's it's probably going to a fair bit of that's going to go under. Yeah, but um, with all that water that's been coming down from three river systems, the Goulburn, the Campaspe, the, and the, the Darling. Loddon. Oh, not the Loddon, Yep, well, the Darling comes from north and ends up at Wentworth, yep. way further downstream. Yep. But um, yeah, there's a bit of concern, and they've had more rain as well. So. Uh, I'm saying hopefully I get there because there's been road closures left, right, and centre all the way up through central Victoria. So yeah. um, we'll see how we go. If I'm successful and I get to go to my mate's 50th, the next morning I plan on taking the drone and getting some aerial shots of the Murray in flood because I've never witnessed it. So um, that'd yeah. be pretty cool. It's um, it's incredible the amount of water that's dropping on this country at the moment. And I, it's just the, 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 the statistics blow my mind. Um, now, I'm going to probably get this wrong, but it was... If I, if I remember rightly, 33,000 megalitres of water are going past Swan Hill every minute. That's a fair bit of, a fair <laughs> bit of water. Well, even uh, that, that's just unimaginable amount of water, isn't it? That's what? It's, 30, you, you did what now? Megal- yeah. <laughs> like that's, yeah. Yeah. And it's got to go crazy. somewhere. Uh, well, that's the thing. And- like, even the other day when we came back from the Flinders Ranges, where we, we went over Murray Bridge, it was already flooding there. Like, it, it was like twice as wide as it was before uh, we went there before earlier in the year. So, yeah. Um, what I've got to worry about, you're talking about getting to Swan Hill. I've got a Franklin River trip coming up soon. Um, yeah. And well, my friend Jamie, who unfortunately can't come now, uh, due to a, a slight injury, but um, he was looking at the hydro 
Tasmania site to see the size and the, the water coming down the Franklin River. Oh, it would be nuts. It was, and that's a wild river. There's no damming it, and it's, everything runs off in it. Um, as we speak, earlier today, uh, where are we? I don't know. Earlier today, it was doing a flow in megalitres or mil yeah, megalitres. Megalitres. Uh, it was flowing at close to 8,000 megalitres a day. <laughs> That's 8 million litres. Yeah. Um, so it's not as bad as what it was last yeah, week. But the Franklin, the, the oh. difference there is the Franklin, you can throw a stone over it. Yeah, you can, but not yeah. when it's flooding, you can't. It's, no, it gets... That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. like that's a hell of a lot of water in a very oh, yes. narrow area. Yes, yes. Whereas the Murray, at the yes. moment, it would take my absolute best drive to yeah, get yeah. over that thing. So... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's a big difference. There's a lot of very fast-flowing water down the Franklin, whereas the Murray... Yes. You stand there and it and it's it looks oh it's so tranquil it's moved but man there's yeah. a lot of that's a force to coming down. That's a lot of water, isn't it? Yeah, um, very cool. Got nothing to do with photography, but maybe hey. it will generate a photo for next week's podcast. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be interesting to see how you went and whether you got up there. And um, yep. so I'll be around next week for the next podcast. I'll be back on Tuesday, so we, we'll awesome. do another episode. I gather sounds good to me. Yeah, yep, that'll be great. So uh, unless we've got nothing else to add, we might wrap it up there. Yeah, no, again, thanks to everyone for last week and listening in. Hopefully we get the same sort of reaction to this one. Uh, we love the comments and interaction. I think that's one of the highlights of my week when it goes out on Friday and you get a little ping saying that someone's made a comment or someone's yeah. told me to shut up or whatever um, it might be. It's cool. Can I uh, ask a favour of our listeners for those of you who have listened this far? Um, so I'm... The all three of you. Thank you. I set the podcast to go live at five o'clock on a Friday and I set the YouTube to go live at five o'clock on a Friday. The YouTubes. Can you please, if you remember, just comment below what time you got the notification that this went live, either on YouTube or on your podcast channel. Oh. Um, I'm getting varied reports and my own personal notification didn't happen until Saturday morning last week. So... I'm just the, curious as to what's going on there, but anyway. The, the podcast, I think I get a day later. I think I get the podcast notification on the Saturday. I think the YouTube is, is quite good. It, yeah. It's pretty accurate to that 5 p.m. local yeah. time, but the podcast seems to be a day late. Now, yeah. I constantly consciously check and make sure I've got it set to Eastern Standard Daylight Saving or whatever it is, Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but it, it always ends up being late. The, the other day, it came out at 3 a.m., so... Yeah, yeah <laughs> that might be for our international viewers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You have been listening and watching episode 57 of the Down South Photo Show. We will talk to you guys for episode 58 next week. Goodbye. See you guys.